Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. Yeesh. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to episode 122. Survivors. Yeesh. And before we get into this, if you guys want to check us out on social media, you can find us on Facebook. We've got the Color Me Dead podcast. We also have the Color Me Dead podcast group. You can find us at Color Me Dead Pod on Twitter. And also, if you go onto Instagram, we have the Color Me Dead podcast page. And you can follow Gory underscore Nikki or Color Me Dead Angel. Um, if you want to donate to our Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash Color Me Dead podcast. If it's not podcast, it's pod, but I'm pretty sure it's podcast. <laughs> um, there's different tiers starting at a dollar going up to 75. You get different perks for each tier. At just a dollar, you get stickers and you get each episode just a little bit early sometimes and always ad free. Yes. If you want to get some of our merch, merch. Uh, you can go to colormedeadpod.threadless.com and find some cool shit. There's all kinds of shit. Dude, we have everything from hoodies and wearables, clear up to things you can put in your home, like shower curtains, skate decks. We have rugs. We have blankets. We have pillows. Mm-hmm. You can get phone cases. Yes, I have a lot of a lot of the things that you have just mentioned. Um, you can also go to ageofradio.org and check out our page on there. It's uh, ageofradio.org slash dead. And the, but you can go to the main page and check out a bunch of the other shows and shop the bazaar. Yes, do that. Words were not coming to my fucking brain. Merds are fun. Yeah, Hi. I have none. Merds are I get merds mixed up. I don't. I just think mine went missing. So in the spirit of doing our survivor stories, we read. Um, different accounts that people have emailed or messaged us and every story is a little bit different. What we want you guys to understand is that no matter what they, like, no matter what you guys have been through, if it was something that was traumatic to you, you are a survivor. Um, one of the things that I'm constantly dealing with in my line of work is people, um, recently it's been a parent and a child. The parent wants to compare war stories. They don't have it that bad. They didn't Uh, have it that bad. They didn't deal with this, 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 and this. And I always tell them, it's not, it's not a competition. Times are different. Uh, You know what? And it doesn't matter. Like, you know, your kid may not have gone through this, but what you're not recognizing is they've gone through this. Right. That you didn't go through. So you don't So you don't get to say that you had it worse. And that's, that's beside the point. You know what I mean? So this is not a competition. A lot of people will reach out to us and say, well, I don't really know if this is a survivor story, but if it's something that you felt like you needed to get off of your chest, we are happy to hear you. Mm-hmm. We're going to start this one out. This was actually sent to us. And and if we haven't read your story, it doesn't mean we didn't choose it. It means that we get quite a few and our email gets plugged with a lot of different things. Um, we get plugged with listener stories, survivor stories. We get plugged with so much different stuff. If we haven't read yours and you would like us to do so, please reach out to us again. And either send the story again. Um, We have one of our listeners. I'm not going to say her name. 
but she sent us Snapchat clips. Like she recorded it because it was too much. Not all of those open. And so we don't have the full story. So when you listen to this, please understand that we didn't like, it's not that we weren't going to do it. It's that we don't have the full story. You have to type it out because that's the only way that we can guarantee that we get it. And so, you know, when these things come in, um, you know, I understand that recording yourself is a lot easier, but for us, it's easier for us. Like if we get a typed version of your story, especially when we go to open something and like take notes and it won't play, it won't open, it's expired or it's whatever. So we're going to start with a story that came to us back in August. It says, hello, Angel and Nikki. I'm not still, I'm not sure if you're still doing survivor stories, but I was binge listening to the five that you have, have out now. I must admit that when I found and started listening to your podcast, I wasn't sure if it was for me, bitch, same. (laughs) However, I could not go. We don't even know if this is for us. Okay. Right. However, I could not stop listening and I wanted to give the gory gals a try and I'm so glad that I did. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Yeah. I guess I should start with my survivor story from the beginning. I will start when I was in high school. You see, I was a very shy girl in a very small clique. I was the one that always had her head down and her heart locked up tight. I guess you could say... I should back up a little bit more. I was adopted at a year and a half old by my aunt and uncle. They are my mom and dad as far as I'm concerned. I met my biological mother once in the hospital and then one more time in an assisted living facility. She died shortly after my second visit to her. It should be said right now that she died from years of doing drugs. I am the fourth product of my mom doing drugs and having sex. My adopted mom told me from as far back as I can remember that my biological mother was no good. She shamed her... Anytime there was a discussion about her. I think from there on out, I will call my aunt who adopted me, Holly, and my biological mom, Tracy. We will call my uncle, who was married to Holly, Mac. So Holly never had anything good to say about her sister, my biological mother. However, Holly found Tracy around the time I was in middle school or about the time I was starting high school. It was so long ago. Holly strongly encouraged that I go and meet my real mom because she had been, uh, she was dying. I had no emotions towards this, this woman who decided to do drugs and bring me into the world. She gave birth to four of us, including me. I am the baby of the four, and therefore I don't know much about my past before Holly and Mac adopted me. I would say about three years ago, I found my half-brother, Jason. He is ex-army and a decent guy. I have talked to him on the phone twice in those three years. He lives states away and is consumed with finishing college, being a husband and being a good dad to his kids. He told me some things about growing up with our mother. All four of us have different fathers. I met mine a year ago and I have a half brother named Tony, but he is gone now. I learned about his death a year after it happened. I was close to him when he entered my life a long time ago. He followed the same path as our mother. Him, Tony, and our half sister Jessica were the unlucky ones. They suffered at the hands of each other, of each other's fathers and our mother. Tony and Jason were beat regularly, and I'm not sure what my half-sister Jess suffered. I do know that Tony and Jessica dipped into drugs. I know that for the four of us, Tony got the worst of the abuse. I don't know the details because, again, I am the baby of the family. I am thankful that they all looked out for me, but as an adult, it is frustrating not to have a clear image of my past. Sometimes that's a blessing. For real. I do know for sure that Tony and Jason got out of the house as soon as they could. That they left Jess and I to fend for ourselves. I will tell you this. I don't know if I would co- if I would be alive today if it wasn't for her. Tracy and my biological father, let's call him Dan, were off doing drugs yet again. 
Dan, Dan, the druggy man. Sorry, <laughs> there was actually, I, I, I'm putting together some potential episodes, um, and Dan is the name, Dan the man. But anyway, putting putting together some episodes where Dan is a, a lead the character. Man. Yeah, the man. Dan he's, is the man. He's the drug dealer in another story, a local story. Um, Tracy left Jess and I literally to survive on our own. I was one year old, and I'm not sure how old Jess was, but she wasn't even a teenager. I remember, or maybe I made it up in my head, trying to eat an old piece of pizza crust and not having an actual crib to sleep in. All I had was a dirty diaper and my half-sister. That might be pretty accurate. What is that movie? Ew, Ellen, did you just eat pizza? Sofa sofa pizza? Sofa pizza? Yeah, so? Hangover. No, I meant oh. where there's a baby left alone because everybody was doing drugs and train spotting. Huh? Train spotting. Is it? Who's in it? I feel like, like maybe you I've... and McGregor and yeah, I know that I wasn't actually watching it. I think Clint was watching it, and I came in it's on a that part. I was like, "What movie. the fuck are you watching? I don't want to watch this." Yeah, it's a horrible movie. Like I, I was obsessed with, obsessed with that movie around the time that it came out, and I was sixteen, and I think it, it was because it was like so in your face about drug use. That um, was awful. I, re- I remember watching that and I was like, Jesus fuck. fucking Christ. Yeah, and the little baby died. She mm-hmm. actually, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you knew what movie it was because oh, I yeah. don't even think I would know where to begin. I just remember Clint watching it and I came in while he was watching it and I was like, fucking A. Um, that is a, a pretty intense look at intravenous drug use for like heroin addicts and shit. Um, so the dirty diaper and the pizza crust, that sounds very reminiscent of like my younger years. I wasn't in a diaper, but like my mom worked three jobs. My brothers were taking care of me and I was often, I was alone. And those of you who have boys as the oldest, most boys aren't that uh, responsible. (laughs) It's not that they. They're not caretakers naturally, so they don't. They're not. Um, Like little, I'm not saying that little boys make bad babysitters, but they don't make good babysitters in my experience. Right. Like my son. Um, he's good if I leave him for like a little bit and he's 12, but if it was between him or my 12 year old niece, I I would choose the niece because she kind of pays more attention to the needs. Um, boys just are not, they're not babysitters and I, I'm not getting, I'm not shitting on my brothers cause they did the best that they could, but they, you know, they're, they're not grown-ups they weren't grown-ups no you know what i mean they no, have their no, no. own shit going on mm-hmm. well cps called my aunt and asked her asked her if she wanted to adopt me her reply was who yeah that's right she had no idea i even existed yeah. her sister and my biological mother never told her about me thankfully holly and mac adopted me and raised me they had a daughter who had a different father and was that was not mac and we will call her chloe she is about 10 to 15 years older than me, and she moved in and out. <clears throat> Excuse me. She moved out as soon as she was old enough. I was raised in a bubble by Holly. She protected me from the world, and I grew up smart and nice, shy, but I was loved. I had pets, a mom and dad who loved me, and I never went without. I wished I could say I had a happy ending. This is where I will say I'm not sure if this is a survivor story, but I will let you ladies determine for yourself. There was a lot of fighting growing up. My mom and dad, Holly and Mac, eventually divorced. I had a lot of nights in my bed, shaking, crying my eyes out. Before Chloe moved out, there was plenty plenty of fighting then, too. I'm not sure what she went through, but I know that she was not a fan of my mom and my dad. I I was most likely a do-over for our mom to get things right. 
Fast forward to when I was about 16. I had a job, I had a car, and I had some friends. I had an evil stepmother who we will call Cynthia. Cynthia. I can only think of the Cynthia doll from Rugrats. That's what she's talking about. <laughs> That, it, I think I know. That she I like, explains that. That's yeah, she's like, this a, yeah, she's like, and if you don't, if you, if you go, girls never watched Rugrats, that's the doll of the little girl, Angelica. I never did watch. Like, I know who I Angelica did. is, but I don't know who Cynthia is. It's her little doll that has ratty, like, chunks of hair. Oh, okay. She's always carrying this, like, bogus little doll around. Mm-hmm. I actually did mm-hmm. watch the shit out of Rugrats. Okay. I Anyways, I... I always thought of her as having fires of hell in her eyes. She was your typical hard step-parent. Nay, nay. Back up. You guys have this, you have it in like an envisionment of what a hard step-parent is. And I want to try and dispel that. Disney put that in your head that stepmothers were evil and cruel. But unless you're a step-parent, you have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not I saying can't that you're imagine being a step parent is an easy job. No, it is not. And I'm not saying that some step parents aren't really great big bags of burning dicks because some of them really are. But some of us are just trying to figure out how to raise somebody else's kids. Right. Yeah, I dated somebody with kids and that's rough. Like dealing with their mom and mm-hmm. you can't do anything right, but you're trying to like make them follow the rules in the house and it's like fuck. No, but it, we were, we were just dating. I was no stepmom, so. It's still the same, but I'm not saying that your stepmother was not shitty. I'm just saying that it's hard to be a stepparent and not, don't, don't, don't label us all the same. However, she was the rules and the main parent for me. I visited my mom every other weekend growing up, which was okay, but all I wanted was to be with my dad. I was very much a daddy's girl. I wanted to make him smile and to make him love me in return. However, my dad had a temper, had a temper and was a workaholic. I barely saw him. And when I did, he didn't have time for me. Yes, he did teach me chess and checkers and other games, but work was life for him. So Cynthia set my boundaries. And if I didn't listen, remember those eyes I told you about? There were a few times that I missed curfew or did something to upset her while she whipped me around to face the wall and slammed me into it. My dad and Cynthia were married for over 10 years. However, towards the end, they were gone every Friday night and came home drunk and screaming. I was back to shaking and crying. My dad consoled me once and so did Cynthia. However, the screaming and slamming and shaking in bed went on for years. I dated a few boys in high school and I kissed those I did date, but I wasn't promiscuous or anything like that. I was depressed all the time and I was on medication. Every time I felt happy, I stopped taking them. I know now that that's not good for me. That was not good for me. No, it is not. My mom eventually married, but she always found the wrong person to be dating or married to. Her last husband was somebody I loved slash hated. There's a thin line between love and hate, just so everybody knows. They were fine for a while, but eventually it was yelling and fighting. One time they moved clear across the country and I couldn't take it. I cut myself. It was one of the darkest days. I just walked into school the next day and showed my teacher. He took me to the counselor and I stayed there for the rest of the day. I did find a boy that made me very happy. However, we were young and we were just trying to figure out life. And this is where my story really comes into play. The boy that I liked, I guess we can call him AJ, was sort of date, was sort of dating had a father that was not okay. His father honed in on me and it started as soon as I started coming around. At first, I thought David was just being nice. That's what we'll call his dad. 
I thought he liked to be the cool dad that was friends with his son's friends. We got closer, and as time went on, his son his son and I broke up. I liked AJ's family, and they were very accepting of me and my situation. They let me come over all the time to hang out with AJ and his brother. We would watch movies or play video games, and as time went on, I started thinking of David differently. He had weaseled, in, weaseled his way into my life more than he should have, and it it was like he knew that I was broken. Since all I knew was loud shouting matches and divorce at home, his family was a reprieve. I felt like AJ's family was my family, one that loved me and had time for me and accepted me for who I was. One night while we were watching a movie in AJ's living room with his dad and his younger brother, something happened. I had started developing a crush on David, which I knew was wrong, but who the hell would stop me? Not Cynthia or my dad. I didn't care for her or my working all the time father. I wanted to be the rebel and I wanted to do it this way. I knew it wasn't right, but David had taken an interest in me too. So AJ and his brother were sitting on one couch while David and I were sitting on another. He'd given me a blanket and draped it over both of us. The next thing I knew, his hands were down my pants. Yes, you can guess what happened. Just like that, he had his hooks into me. I won't go into every detail about every little thing, but let's just say that one day... He was just another dad, and the next he, I thought of him as my boyfriend. He showered me with smiles, kisses, burned CDs, and my favorite music, and eventually alone time. The bastard waited, waited until I was 18 to take my virginity. Unbeknownst to me, my stepmother and my mom found out. You see, David and I had emailed each other a lot towards the end. They had found those emails. Fast forward to David and I sitting on the tailgate, tailgate of a truck. He's breaking up with me because he said what he did was wrong, and I'm bawling my eyes out, and he's trying to console me. He's telling me that he loves me, but he has to break up with me. The next thing I know, my stepmother is telling me we're taking him to court. Well, court went the way I thought it would. Due to me being 18 years old, there was nothing anyone could do. I was a consenting adult, and therefore no charges would be brought up against him. He did have a temporary restraining order, but that was it. Fast forward some years later, I come home one day and my dad is holding a lighter to a propane tank inside of our home. I remember him saying to Cynthia, do you see what you're making me do? I just felt a tear. I felt tears stream down my face and oh so softly said, daddy, I don't want you to die. It was like I was a two-year-old all over again. Thankfully, Cynthia left after I tried to take the lighter out of my dad's hands. He sat down crying and holding me as I also cried. Ever since the day Cynthia left, I was on my own. My dad went back to working all the time, and I hold myself up in my room. I had to grow up real fast. My world was upside down, and I just wanted to die. I flirted with guys online, and I felt so dark inside. One day, I met my now husband online, and he saved my life. He came from a rough childhood as well, but that's not my story to tell. I'm doing okay now, but the mental damage is done. I was a tiny girl who was not taken care of from day one. I feel the same... I feel the same tiny angel is inside me and struggling to survive. I've been struggled with a bipolar disorder, anxiety, depression, agoraphobia, and slight autism. Hold on. What's agoraphobia? Fear of wide open spaces. So okay. like you okay. stay inside as much as possible. I knew that answer and I couldn't, I couldn't remember. Yeah. Um, every single day is a struggle for me. And I know this is cliche, but listening to you ladies has helped me. I listen, and I know that I'm not alone. Finding those survivor stories really tore at my heart. I won't lie. However, as soon as I heard them, I I had a light click on. One that I had buried for many years. Again, I'm sorry if this is not your typical survivor story, but I thought I would give it a try anyway. I really wanted to raise awareness that there are predators out there and mental illness is very real. Both are very serious battles that I struggle with. I wished I could say that David was the only grown man that took advantage of me, but there were there were more than one. 
Luckily, it didn't go very far. It didn't go as far, and I was spared that pain. I have I have a husband, a daughter, and a dog, a couple of cats, and my life. Over the years, I have wanted to harm myself many times, and I have wanted to die as well. Thank you so much for telling my story, or at least reading it. I'm open to a phone call or an email if you would like to get in touch. I hope to join your pack of Patreon badasses too. You guys are, and she has. Thank you very much. Yes. You ladies are amazing, and I am a loyal listener forever. I love you guys both so much, and thank you. Um, here's my my little tidbit on this story for you. Got a tidbit. I have a tidbit, and it's just I mean, it's just my thoughts on some of the stuff. Um, when you grow up with a family who you don't feel like you fit into, or you don't feel like loves you, you matter. You're looking for somebody who will. And I feel like that's where it, what David came in to be. She's now an adult. She's looking for her place in life. Mm-hmm. And she thinks David might be it at the time. I yeah. know because I got married at 19 for the same reason. I was looking for that person who would love me unconditionally. Love you know, And I thought that was the answer. It's not the answer. But how are you going to tell an 18-year-old that? You're not. And I'm sure she found she found out that that's... That's not it. That is not it. But that was just my thought on that whole situation. I'm sure that there's a lot more to her story that she wasn't ready to share. I agree. Um, and that's usually how it goes. That mm-hmm. and, and we're not here to extract anything out of you that you're not willing to share. That's that's not what we do. But um, a lot of our a lot of our listeners will share a story and we read it and they hear it and they're like okay, there's more to that. And I, I fully understand where when you first start to unearth the, like you revisit those feelings, it's a lot. Yeah. And where, you know, where, you know, what happened, um, you have that in your brain and you might not be writing it all out either because you know what, you know what happened. Yeah. But you're not, you're not telling it all, but also for some people to hear their own story to, have a another thought on it when we tell it it gives them strength i know for other for past people it's given them right. strength to finally go get counseling that they that they've needed and it's really helped them help them grow and move past and accept and you know whatever they needed to do in counseling so um it's good that anybody shares a story with us anybody and everybody Everybody. Everybody. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next story. Yep. I didn't put names. If they have names, we changed them. We're keeping these completely anonymous. First of all, I wanted to say thank thank you to both of you. You have inspired me not to only write my story, but to share it with someone, especially since I am living it every day. I have people around me who know me that know the basics, but only my boyfriend knows the horrific details of everything I went through. In order for this to make all for this all to make sense, I have to start from the beginning. But if you do share this, please change the names, which I did go through and change names. So listen here, Missy, you change your own names. Yeah, if you're gonna send it, change your own names. Don't make us do it. Just, Just kidding. kidding. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do what? It all started when I was 18. I had just moved back from another state. I had moved away for a guy who, when I got to his home with his parents, he told me he couldn't be with me because I was too big. 
I've never heard that before. Fuck off. If I'm too big for you, go ahead and fuck off. Dude, I'm just going to assume that if I am too big for you, you lack the equipment to handle this kind of a woman. Boom, motherfucker. And yet, he wanted me to stay so I could basically be his toy when he couldn't get another girl. Always. That's how it always is. They don't right. want to be seen with you because you're too fat, but it's like riding they want a moped. Use you. Yeah, right. Everybody knows that they're fun. You just don't want your friends to see you on mm-hmm. one. That's a fat girl. Suck my dick. Fat girl problems. After about a month, I couldn't take being treated like that anymore and found a way home. I knew I deserved better. I had only been home for about two weeks, and I was hanging out with some friends down at the lake when I met this guy with a big 4x4 rig who was new to the area and wanted to find out where the trails were. Um, just saying this person is from somewhere just like here because I understand exactly what you're talking about. Dude rolls in with the big old jacked up truck. You're like, yes, I'll have, I'll have some. Yes, <laughs> have some. Penis me. <laughs> and then let me drive your truck. Not Penis anymore, but when I was younger, it was like, truck, yes. Truck, Yeah. My friend and I were happy to show his show this new person our home area because we live for trail riding and hunting in northern Idaho, so not very far from us. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. We go out on a trail with Bill because we knew we would be safe with the... Oh, we knew we would be safe knowing the area and being in a small town. We knew most of the people who lived there as well. At one point, we stopped on our trail ride because... The rig got struck, struck, got stuck in a hole. I jumped out and twisted my ankle in the other hole, in another hole. She's having issues with holes. I'm sorry. Your holes are wrong. Your holes are just causing you problems. I hopped my way around the truck to see how badly it was stuck, and he saw me and was like, what the fuck, woman? I stopped in my tracks and went for him. I picked him up by the throat, and pinned him against a tree and told him to never call me a woman again. Bill was impressed with me, I think, or maybe he thought it was a challenge to break me. Over the next couple of weeks, he was showing up where I was hanging out. Thinking back, it's almost like he was following me because we hadn't talked on the phone. After a couple of weeks, we finally exchanged phone numbers, and as we started talking on the phone or saw each other, he started telling me all the things that a girl wants to hear. We never actually went out on a date because he wasn't working and I didn't see the point of spending the money I worked hard for on something like that. As time progressed, he started showing up at my house more and more. Within a a month, my parents despised him with a passion. That is your first sign, Mm. as I have found. It's never a good thing. Mm -mm. My dad told me he, quote, is worthless and fake and a fake because he always had a reason for not having a job. After Bill's mom kicked him out, my dad told me that if I wanted to be with a piece of shit, I had to leave his house. And being a stupid 18-year-old girl, I moved out that same day. Like you do. We spent the night in the woods in a tent. It was the beginning of November and terribly cold. The next day, he convinced his mom to let both of us stay there for a couple of weeks while we, while we spent my money getting a place of our own. Oh, don't you love being young? <clears throat> I'm so, the sad thing is we stay young until we're like 20, how old? I'm still young. I don't know what you're talking about. I still consider myself to be quite young, but like I didn't start putting my fucking foot down with shit until I was like 20, 
fuck, dude. Like, right. 28, 29? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I could see myself doing something stupid like this. Like, oh, he's so amazing, though. Let's go live in the woods together. Like, I you I finally need a job. I finally put my foot down when I was, like, 30. And I put up with some shit that year. And after that, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I'd rather be alone. I'll go get another cat. Yep. What is that intoxicating smell? I have cats. You have cats. <laughs> we got a two-bedroom apartment with a co-worker of mine and her boyfriend, who was a friend from high school of mine. And while her and I went to work, the guys were supposed to be looking for jobs. Right. Uh-huh. My ex always had a reason why he couldn't go or was having a hard time finding one. I even filled out all of his applications for him, and I'm pretty sure he never turned them in. And the other guy was getting SSI disability, so he didn't much care to look for work. And I get it to be hard for him to find work when he was born missing one arm from the elbow down. So, you know, that's that's more acceptable than the dude that just doesn't fucking have a job and doesn't care to have a job. Right. Eventually, Bill started, quote, meeting new people and bringing them to our apartment. Eventually, the roommate became pregnant and couldn't handle all the people coming over, and they moved out. That's when my place turned into a party place, and I would come home from work to beer cans all over and everyone already being drunk. Eventually, I became pregnant, and Bill started spending even more time, even more of the money I made. Shortly after, we lost the apartment and moved back in with his mom. My parents helped with the move because he landed himself in jail for petty theft. And he was in and out of jail for the rest of our relationship. A few months after our daughter was born, he landed himself back in jail for theft. Only this time, my daughter and I were in the store with him. The security guard let us go because I had been in a different part of the store and had no idea what he had been doing. That's when I left him for the first time. Both he and his mom convinced me to try to work things out for our daughter's sake. By this time, I already had another place of my own. Well, it was a roommate's and everyone got evicted because they were taking our portion of the rent and not paying anything. I quickly found a place on my own and vowed to never have roommates again. Luckily, I wasn't on the lease, so nothing came back on me. I eventually added him onto my lease because he was there all the time watching our daughter while I went to work. At this point, I had no problem with him being a stay-at-home dad because I didn't want my daughter in daycare. Some days I would come home to dinner all cooked and him being nice. Other days I would come home to a fat slob who couldn't stand to who I couldn't stand to look at and would yell at me for not having the apartment clean while working 50-hour weeks to pay the bills and bring home his beer. He was a skateboarder and wanted to make a career out of it. Hey, man, I don't shit on people. Like, I have friends that legitimately, like, they work in skate shops and are still, like, right pushing for that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's all I'm going to say about that. Exactly. I, I'm with you. Well, he wanted to make a career out of this. So uh, her daughter, my daughter, and he were always at the skate park. And he was hanging out with 15-year-old kids. He ditched me on my 21st birthday to go to a house party with these teenagers. What? Yeah. No, the fuck you don't. <laughs> For real. Mm-hmm. He told me it didn't matter because I had to work the next day, so he deserved to have fun. Yes, you deserve to go have fun with your 15-year-old friends on your fucking girlfriend's birthday. Great. What? Yes. I'm glad <sighs> I'm glad you understand that this is what you deserve. Mm-hmm. I, 
I eventually <clears throat> became pregnant with my first son, and my kids were 22 months apart. Shortly before my son was burned, burn, he was burned it on the 24th. In the Ford Pinto. <laughs> I burned at him in a family food painter. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck. All right. Shortly after my son was born, we were on and off. He was always out partying, and when I wasn't at work, I was stuck at home. Even after my son was born, it stayed the same. He was living with his mom for a little bit, and I forced him to take the kids so I could go out for my 22nd birthday. One of my good friends took me out. Just after that, he moved back in saying he couldn't stand to be away from me and he wanted to make our family work. After my son's four months checkup and shots, he got very sick. Fever, seizure, and a trip to the ER. They told, told us that it was due to the shots and that he would be fine. In total, 15 days after his initial appointment, he passed away while I was at work. I was a wreck, to say the least. My daughter was two and a half and had been in the same room when everything happened. Luckily for me, my kid's pediatrician was on call um, that day at the ER and stayed with my daughter in the waiting room until his mom showed up so that I could go see my son. The image of his cold, lifeless body with all the tubes and monitors hooked up to him in my arms still haunts me to this day. And that was 12 years ago. To this month. I can't remember what when this was sent. So, But it was recently. My ex never got to see as he was being held and questioned by the police. Two days later, we seemed to reconnect in a different way. We were both numb from what happened. As we planned our son's funeral, we walked down two buildings and each got a tattoo, thankfully very different, to eternalize our son. The tattoo artist, also the owner of the shop, was amazing and not only designed both tattoos himself, but did them at a discount because of what they were for. After that, I lost my job because I was mentally unstable. Bill started working two jobs, both local fast food because he didn't have a driver's license and my car was being repossessed. Eventually, he got me a job at one of the fast food places and he went to working at only one because why wouldn't we have you know, extra income. Over the next two years, we seemed to be okay. He was still out partying all the time, and I came home many nights to a bunch of drunk underage people in my house and my three-year-old learning to play beer pong. That's awesome. I was drinking whiskey all the time, so I didn't care about the drunks. I would put my daughter to bed with me and only freak out when they got too loud or I found out they were hiding in my outdoor storage to smoke pot when... My one role was not smoking pot at my house because of my daughter's asthma. Over the next year or so, I ended up pregnant three times. I only gave him sex when I felt I needed to so he would stay quiet instead of yelling at me to wake up my daughter. I ended up pregnant and miscarrying twice. He was also constantly in and out of jail for petty theft. I ended up pregnant, in a, th I ended up pregnant a third time and lost my job from being too sick. He was born a week after my daughter's fourth birthday. We ended up losing this apartment and moved in with my mom yet again. We fought constantly, mainly over the fact that we were stuck in the middle of nowhere and he couldn't do what he wanted to do with his friends. I was hiding my drinking really well. I couldn't take the constant being yelled at by him, um, his mom, and her husband. I was never doing enough no matter what I did. I moved out, leaving my kids behind and lived with a friend for a few months. 
I found an apartment with the, in the same town as my parents and moved my kids out, leaving him behind. Watching the kids rotated between Bill and my mom when I worked, and he weaseled his way back in. Bill definitely did more because my dad was extremely sick with cancer from Agent Orange exposure. By this point, my daughter never wanted to be around her dad when I was home. I figured she just missed me when I was at work because I worked random hours doing retail. Then shortly after her fifth birthday, a neighbor came to tell me how my daughter had told her daughter, my daddy makes me suck his balls. Alrighty then. Yeah. He denied all of this. The police got involved, but he wouldn't let me talk to them. He threatened to take, a, to take my kids away, and I believed him. He even took my kids for a week to his mother's, refusing to give them back. Legally speaking, there was nothing I could do because there was nothing in the courts. The police wouldn't do anything, even with the previous accusation, because it had been dropped. I eventually got my kids back and made him stay away. I worked with him on visitation, and he got the kids on weekends or when my mom couldn't watch them anymore when I worked. My neighbors kept a lot from me for about eight months after that until my daughter started coming to me saying the things that her dad was doing to her. I started asking questions. Turns out, not only was he verbally abusing me, he was abusing my not-even-six-year-old daughter and going to fuck the neighbor while her husband and I were both at work. He would lock the kids in their bedrooms to go to her place to smoke pot and fuck her. Parenting. He sounds Sure, amazing. that's what we could call it. I guess. Mm-hmm. On more than one occasion, my then almost two-year-old nearly fell out of the second-story open window because he wasn't there. After getting the police involved again and not letting him know, he was arrested. The detective was great with my daughter and got so much information from her, who was almost six at the time. When they interviewed me, I also gave them the information for the 16-year-old he was dating. Yes, 16, and he was 26, but I had, convin- but had convinced her parents that he was only 18. It's that skateboarder look. It, right. It keeps you young. He was also dating another girl his age in another town slash state and two other girls from another town. He's a busy fucking man. I want to know what this fool looks like. I do too. Send us pictures, please. While to the detective, he admitted what he had done, quote, to spare his daughter from a trial. He denied, um, he denied it to only the girl that stayed with him. From jail and prison, he would write me degrading letters telling me it was all my fault, telling me that if I had done more, cleaned more, cooked more, we would have made it work. He used my son's death as his reason for doing what he did to my daughter, while still telling others that my daughter and I were lying. His mother was horrible to me. Her and her fam, her and all her family called me a lying cunt, that I was just holding a grudge. <laughs> You better goddamn believe that if somebody's fucking with my kid, I'm going to hold a grudge. Just saying. The girl from the other state believed him so much that she went to the prison after being convicted for the charges of my daughter and rape for the 16-year-old and married him. Even after he admitted to molesting his own daughter for nearly three years. I'm not going to comment. Mm-mm. I couldn't find love in myself and got together with another scumbag cunt. 
When a letter came from my ex, he would tell me that he had a point and that I tried, and had I tried harder, none of what happened would have happened. That relationship lasted about six weeks, but my mother was so messed up from my father's death, she allowed him to move in with her, so I was, I was forced to see him all the time. By this point, I was drinking a fifth of whiskey every night, and nobody really knew. Yes, they did. That's what I was going to say. I, you think they didn't know. No, honey. We we think we're a lot more clever than we are. They knew. <laughs> they knew. They probably didn't know how much. They might not have known how much, and people may not have said anything, but trust me, we're not fucking sneaky. Nope. I love you, though. Yeah. Then I cut my... Oh, cut. I didn't... She didn't cut anybody, just so you know. She met her current boyfriend. We started out just talking on the phone and via Skype. I saw how much... He, he saw how much I was drinking and called me out on it. I wasn't even drinking on the video with him. See, we know. We, mm -hmm. we, can, we can't join. He broke me of the drinking and helped me find that love of myself again after nine years of completely losing myself. It's now seven years together as of Halloween. I love myself just as much as I did when I was a kid, but I had a lot of slip-ups that he helps me through. My daughter, on the other hand, still struggles, and every day she acts more like her biological father. She has stolen money from many people over the last seven years. At first, I thought it was just her acting out. Now, at the age of 14, she says the same things her father did. She blames me for what happened to her. She tries to guilt trip me into doing what she wants by threatening to cut herself. Instead of accepting help, she uses what happened to her as a reason for stealing and cutting for running away. Even though it was proven she lied, she was removed from my home because she accused her stepfather of doing what her father did to stay out of trouble for another runaway charge. That's not cool. His mother did eventually apologize after he admitted everything instead of lying about it. But I took it with a grain of salt. She was now my daughter's guardian. She almost lost her because she started to accuse her husband of the same thing. Luckily, we were, we were able to stop that in time because the guardianship wasn't finalized. She was a ward of the state. Is that how you say that? Mm -hmm. A ward of the state? Mm -hmm. My daughter has abused her own brother in any way she could except sexually that we know of and says that she never did it in that way. At his last parole hearing, he sat quietly. He didn't give any type of defense, and they kept him in. Now this December, I have another parole hearing to go to for him because they didn't prove no, because they couldn't prove any penetration on a six-year-old the state of idaho has given my ex visitation once he's released from prison both of my children have to be approved by a counselor in order to see him the visits are are also supervised by someone of my choosing i can only hope that neither one is ever approved or that they choose or or they choose not to see him. Thank you for letting me tell my story. I know I have missed a lot of details in the mental abuse I have taken, but it feels good just to put that part out there knowing I have his parole hearing come up. Mm. Damn. I could imagine. I can only imagine all the things that were <clears throat> popping into her head as she was writing and even after. Just the could you imagine having your kid fucking walk up to you and be like, sometimes daddy puts his tongue on my... No. What? 
No, no, no. Well, and then the the daughter, too, that was abused and then is turning around and abusing mm-hmm. because that's what she knows. Dude, that's so fucking common. And yeah. it's horrible. Like, when I have a kid that comes into our care and they have a history of abuse, they are likely to also have a history of abusing. Mm-hmm. And we have to be very careful about how we situate them. And it's crazy. Like, they... Uh, like the, a lot of these kids don't even realize what they're doing. No, is wrong. No, because it's normal. That's what they. Mm-hmm. It's normal. We we had that conversation in counseling the other day. All right, you guys ready for some mo? You want some mo? You want mo? You want mo? All right, we'll give you some mo. Hey, you awesome gory gals. Hey, you. First of all, I love your podcast. I'm almost all caught up and I can't wait to hear more. Your Survivor Story episodes really pull on my heartstrings and they've even made me tear up a couple of times. I finally brought myself to share mine with you. Mine isn't a typical Survivor Story due to the fact that he wasn't able to accomplish what he wanted. But that didn't change the fact that it has stayed with me for going on almost 25 years. So here it goes. When I was about eight, myself and two other cousins were spending the night at my aunt's house just like we had had Wow, words are fun. Just like we had many times before. It was a typical day, nothing out of the ordinary. My aunt told us that she needed to run into town and to go to get something for dinner and asked us if we wanted to go or if we wanted to stay at the house with our cousin, her son. We all said that we would stay since we had just started watching a movie and she kind of lives in the middle of nowhere, so the movie would probably be over by the time she got home. She said okay and out the door she went. As we were sitting on the couch we noticed our cousin david went downstairs and out the basement door to the garage we kind of thought this was strange since he could have walked out the front door a lot easier and faster but whatever we continued watching our movie and thought nothing and thought nothing of it about 10 minutes later he comes back inside goes to the kitchen goes to the kitchen then down the hallway to his room and shuts the door a little way into the movie, the oldest of us, of us three girls got up to go to the bathroom when we heard her scream. Putting no thought into the two of us, putting no thought into it, the two of us ran to see what was wrong and come, come to find out, David had pulled her into his room and wouldn't let her out. We started banging on the door for him to open it and let her go, but he wouldn't. I ran to the kitchen and tried to call my aunt. But what else would an eight-year-old think to do? Only to find out the phone wasn't working. So I ran downstairs and that the phone wasn't working there either. I ran back to the room to try and help. And that's when he opened the door and grabbed us both and pulled us into the room too. He then padlocked the door so that we couldn't get out. We We were forced to sit there while he raped the oldest of us girls. We were then told that if any of us said anything to anyone... The two he didn't get to would be next. We were so terrified that even if we did tell someone, they wouldn't believe us anyway. We all decided to just keep it to ourselves for the time being. Two weeks later, he was found in the woods behind his house with a gunshot to the head. In his room, they found a note that said, I can't live with what I've done. Please forgive me. Still to this day, none of us have said anything out of fear of not being believed. The situation made it very hard for me to get close to a man for a very long time once... I got older. Luckily, I found a man that treats me like I, I know I should be treated. And I don't have to live in fear. For the longest time, I had always asked this question, what did we do to deserve this? I now realize it was nothing to do with us and it was all of him. Thank you for letting me share my story. Mm. That's awful. That's really terrible. 
Yeah. Like, when she's like, it's not a survivor story or whatever, she said, I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it kind of is. It didn't happen, phys- like, physically to no, you, but, but it did. when you're there witnessing that kind of shit, like... As we've said before, emotional abuse... Abu- I can't say the word. Abuse. It's just abuse. Yeah. Fuck. It, it, emotional is abuse. So, I have one more. Yes, you like do. You like a one more? So, again, this is always, this. it seems like um, almost all of our survivors, when they reach out, say, I'm not sure if I'm considered a survivor. You are all survivors, just so mm. you know. My name is Shirley, and this is my story. I thought, like most girls, that I was strong. I mean, come on, I'm a veteran. I learned how to handle myself. After I got out of the army, I had my son and was raising him alone and working when this gorgeous man showed up to my job and flirted. So I flirted back, not knowing that he was a married man. I didn't see him for about eight months or so, and all of a sudden he shows up to my mother's house. Red flag. Big fucking red flag. Yeah. Of course, the thought crossed my mind, wondering, you know, how did he know where I lived? I was flattered that he took the time to find me. That is also a big red flag. That's not a good thing. No. That's not flattery. He seemed to care for me and my son. One thing led to another, and I got pregnant with my daughter, and we got married. Big mistake. Huge mistake. The week before I had my daughter, my son went to his bio father for the week, and seeing as how he was going to be gone for a week-long visitation, I started bawling. Now I'm hugely pregnant, and I'm emotional, and my husband starts yelling at me, saying that I must still have feelings because I was crying. What the fuck? Fast forward a week, and I have my daughter. I wasn't allowed to hold... Allowed. Uh, Finger quotes. I wasn't allowed to hold my daughter. mm. By this time, I was so conditioned that he is the head of the household. Also, did I mention he's a preacher's kid? I actually didn't get to hold my daughter for the first year. So I wasn't... (gasps) Yeah. So I wasn't able to bond with her. We moved five to seven times in our first year of marriage. I'm skipping around, and for what? And for that, I am sorry. On one of our moves, he had gotten our tar- he had gotten our car towed, and needless to say, it got wrecked. So now I don't have a car. I have to rely on him for transportation anywhere. Big red flag. A huge red flag. Mm -hmm. My best friend would come over, and if I had to make a quick run to the store, I wouldn't have any problem letting her stay at the house until I got back. Apparently, that was wrong. Let me interject that spousal rape wasn't uncommon. Because of this, I got pregnant with my third child. According to him, I had to ask permission to go to my parents to visit, to see my best friend, anything. Anyway, a week later... Excuse me. A week after my last daughter was born, we moved to Memphis for his job. So I'm here with a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and a one-week-old baby moving into an apartment that he chose where I was allowed to spend $100 every two weeks on diapers, household supplies, and food. Jesus Christ. That's like being a single mom. $100? That's not even going to cover diapers. No, and I know that because of being a single mom. I'm really just so sorry, but she's got a one-year-old and a one-week-old and a three-year-old, which potentially could mean all three of them are in fucking different size diapers. And you're not going to be able to bite. No. No, I'm sorry. Not diapers for three kids. You're either shitting everywhere or you're not eating. Oh, pick. Oh, you pick. Because there's no fucking way. My stepmom used to tell me, because I worked for the state and I was a single mom, and um, she was like, just use cloth diapers. I'm like, uh-uh. I could understand if that was like your last resort, right? Yeah. 
But don't, I kind of feel like you would be burning through so much detergent that it might not be worth it. And I, I could be completely wrong. I've never used cloth diapers. I've never even had a, an infant in my care for longer than, you know, I nannied for a little while. And, you know, I've taken care of like my niece and shit, but there's no way, like, dude, I have gone for my friends that have given birth to babies and I go to buy them shit for their baby shower. And I look at the price of fucking formula and I'm like, why do you guys keep having babies? Luck, Fuck. Yeah, with Calvin, luckily, I got, like, um, samples. Oh, my God. From my stepdad's office, because they would get all the yeah. shit tons still, of samples. Like, and like, I used or if the your kind kid had like gave out. Uh, the, the, like, sensitive stomach and had to have, like, fucking soy he or did. whatever. Oh, my God. He did, but luckily at the office, they didn't really give out soy that much. They gave out the regular, so they had soy upon soy. And I was like, thank, thank Jesus, because they gave it all to me, because he was, like, lactose intolerant. Fuck, dude. Okay. Sorry. I'm like, a hundred, a hundred dollars. Dude, a hundred dollars for two weeks worth of household shit should not apply to anybody, including single people that live alone. No. Like, I can do it. I've done it. But it would be easier to do it on, you know, a single person living alone could make it a lot more realistically than a mom with three kids. But I'm sorry, when I go to the store and I've like, when Spencer has been out of town and it's just me and the kids are off doing whatever with whomever, and it's just me, I can go to the store and spend $100 for the week. Right. By the time I buy cat food, dog food, right there, uh, that's $100. Mm. Well, it's because my fucking pets eat tremendously well, but... If I go to the store and buy cheese, salmon, vegetables, and Diet Coke, that's $100. What the fuck were y'all eating? Sand? Nothing. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Let me get over myself really quick. I'm trying to think of what you could even get for, like... A hundred... One hundred dollars for three children, okay? You've got one that's probably breastfeeding and or being supplemented with formula. But she's you've got, got a fucking one year old. I know. And you've got a fucking one year old that unless you've weaned them is nursing and probably supplementing with other shit. Then you've got a three year old. Let's just go ahead and say how difficult it can be to feed a three year old that only wants dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets and fucking egos. Oh, I'm pretty much the same way. <laughs> you're a prick <laughs> sorry that would have been number three quit that sorry sorry about that but diapers dippers mm, that's like yeah There's it's no ten dollars for the cheap tiny little well i used huggies because he was skin problems but ten dollars for the little thing pack. that, mag- the little that lasts like a week maybe the little pack that has 36 how many times a day do you change a fucking diaper a lot five Six? Yeah. At least? I remember trying to figure that out when I was getting ready to have him. Like, I was flipping the fuck out over every little thing. Like, how do I know when to put him down? How do I know when to feed him? How do I know when to change his diaper? Maybe you how should do turn I know him this? off and turn him on again. Yeah. And I, I kept asking my mom, and she would just laugh. She's like, you'll figure it out. You'll just know. I'm like, no, you need to tell me. Like, I need a chart. Tell me, what. how do we do this? <laughs> I'm sorry. I I nannied <sighs> for three children under the age of five at 13. Did they Including tell you? Newborn. They probably gave you the rundown, though, and were like, they nap at this time, feed them this much. I'm sure they gave you at least a little bit of a rundown. <coughs> and I knew nothing. I had never taken care of a newborn on my own. And I was like, how do I do this? How do I do that? I don't know what to do. And how many diapers? And I'm, like, trying to figure out how many diapers a day so that I know how much. So I can pre-buy all of the diapers for his first year. Like, that's how... 
Yeah, I mean, God, at least you were steadfast. So, all right. Get back. Get back. By this time, I was so mentally beat down, I just went with it. Spousal rape continued. Yes, a week after having my baby. It didn't matter to him. I'm in a town. I don't know anyone. Two hours from my family. No car. No phone. No nothing. After six weeks, I went to a neighbor after he went to, after the dude, her dude, went to work, and I called my parents to please come and get me. My dad took off. Him and my mom were there within three hours. I left with three small children and one diaper. My dad was pissed about how I had been living, but never batted an eye about getting diapers, replacing clothes, feeding children. What I had left... uh, Wait, sorry, this is written. But never batted an eye about getting diapers and clothes to replace what I had left for me and my children. Oh, did I mention that my dad was a cop? Good for you. I back the blue. I had to wait to file divorce papers because I was in another state and for over 30 days, for over 30 days, but I had him served on Halloween. Trick or treat, bitch. (laughs) That following week, weekend, I had 120 phone calls from him. He had been stalking me again, part of his pattern, and would tell me everywhere I had been. On one of those phone calls, my best friend was listening on the other line and he stated, I will do anything and everything to get my kids. If I have to say your father raped you, I will. In divorce, in divorce court, he did. He also said that my youngest daughter wasn't his and he wanted a blood test. I responded in court with, now how am I going to have an affair with two small children in tow? But bet, bring it on. He was such an idiot. He figured since he took out one semester of criminal justice, he was going to represent himself in court. How'd that pan out? I don't know. Ask um, Rodney Alcala, Ted Alcala. Bundy. Right? Well, How'd according that... according to the game show host, it's Akala. Akala. Akalala. Oh, my God. I'm just going to represent myself in court. The end result was one weekend a month, days only, and that was it. The court held anything he said in court with extreme prejudice. I will say this. Emotional abuse may not leave scars. Yes, it does. Yes, it fucking do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it do. I'm fucking full of them. You can't see them on the outside, but they're all over on the inside. Mm-hmm. Ask my therapist. But it leaves <laughs> it leaves scars nonetheless. It was a long time before I went grocery store shopping, and I would ask, please, how much have I spent? Aww. Oh, I feel that. <sighs> He's never seen the kids since, not paid more than $60 a month in child support, but I've raised three amazing little people. Thanks for listening to my ramblings. I know it's all over the place, and I'm sorry. And stay out of chalk lines. Her budgeting must be so fucking point, like, she's got to budget, like, amazing if he's paying $60 in child support, she's probably like, fuck, yeah, I got this and this and this. I'm used to living off this shit. She's on God, my team for the apocalypse. dick. I'm right. Because that bitch knows how to do some shit with minimal. We'll be like, here, we need this out of this. Where'd he go? <laughs> it's being, it's like making a casserole when you look in the fridge and like, what can I make a soup out of? Oh, look, I've got some avocado, some heavy cream and a chicken. You and Clint can pull that out of your assholes. I can like, every time. We'll have food at our house in the past. We would have like what I considered barely like, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to make out of what's here. And he'll be like, let me look. And he'll go through and I'll see his brain. And he'll open all of the cupboards <laughs> and he'll close that one, go to the next one. And I see his little brain working mm-hmm. and he's like. I know I what it. to make. Yeah. And he makes the most goddamn delicious food. I'm like, how the fuck did you do that? He's like, I don't know. Yeah. 
was like, you didn't write it down? Nope. Nope. Don't need to. I made him write down stuff for me the other day because I was like, that was good. Write it down right now. <laughs> I need to make it. That's how, Simple, that's how we do. But... I had to laugh because somebody was like, what do you call that? And I'm like, I'm calling it chicken tortilla soup. It was fucking awesome. And you'll never have it again. And you'll never... <laughs> Because I don't know. I literally just took shit out of the cupboards. We put it in a... And even like even Spencer and my brother were like, that was delicious. What, what was, was it? it? You're like, I don't know. It was stuff in a bowl. And it was the things that we had in the cupboard. We'll probably never double that again. So... I'll <laughs> never know. have it again. Yeah. I, that is not my specialty. I am not good at that. I need a recipe and I need all of the ingredients to be basically exact or I will fuck it up. I could even fuck it up at that. Like, I'm not like, a bad cook. Even then, I'm going to fuck it up. Yeah, I'm not a bad cook, but I just have to have a recipe because I don't have that. You don't have that thing in you. No. No, I don't. I sure don't. I sure, yeah. You know what? I sure don't. I don't. I do. Um, but I can't, I can't bake. Like, I can. Don't get me wrong. I can bake. But, like, there are certain things like pie crust. I cannot make a pie crust from scratch and have it turn out not fucking never. Um, dinner rolls. Dinner yep. rolls are either awesome or they're fucking tiny little hockey pucks of doom. I can do both of which. And I've learned in my experience, if you find the easiest recipe, it's always taste the best. Like the rolls, I do the 30 minute roll recipe. Fucking amazing. I also use it for my cinnamon rolls. Perfect. And I have good roll recipes and good cinnamon roll recipes that call for way more shit that take way longer. And these are better. Same with the pie <sighs> crust. You get like the flour and Crisco or Kagan uses butter, I think, because it makes it flakier. There's like literally three ingredients. You mix it all up, use the thingy, and then push it in. Like the simpler, the better. Fine. I will try again. Not with all baking, but with those right? with those items. For those items. Those right. items. We're going we're gonna to end this with some... Things that if you are not familiar, then you will be. So that if you see these things, you can adjust your life accordingly. Also, I want to say to our friend Shay. Um, no, she spent all of October, which is Domestic Violence Month, Awareness Month. She spent all month putting things on Instagram. She spent all month putting out big red flags. She put out information for everybody. If you guys are unfamiliar with her Instagram account, please go and find. Actually, I can find. I have right here my fingertips. I look at her page once a day. I screenshotted some shit off her page the other day about gaslighting that I, I wanted to share with someone I know. So if you go and look up Kristen Shea, all one word, on uh, <clears throat> Instagram, she put a lot of effort into information and links and places to get help. And I just wanted to give her a shout out and commend her for that because she really, she really cares. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a lot of people can be like, oh, you know, light it up for domestic violence month and then nothing. She spent the entire month. Um, and she, uh, if anybody is familiar with our previous story, she was red. If that makes, if that puts a, a, uh, red and potato. Yeah. Red and potato. If that, you know, lights a, a light up in your, in your brain. So you know who she is. So you know that she's been through a lot of the emotional abuse and emotional abuse is hard to, uh, say that, you know, like sometimes you're like, well, I haven't been domestically abused and then 
But you you have emotional abuse is a form of abuse, and it's it sucks. It it really does. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it is a thing. It is a thing. I have the gaslighting thing right here, and I'll read it off to you guys before we start on these. Because she put this on her page. It says, what is gaslighting? When someone intentionally twists your perception of reality for their own gain. Um, what does it sound like? These are words that they say to you. You're overreacting. You need help. I didn't do that. You're upset over nothing. You must be confused again. Just calm down. Mm. You're so dramatic. I never said that. Why are you so defensive? What are you talking about? It's your fault. You're so sensitive. You twist things. Stop imagining things. I never said that. I was just joking. You're remembering things wrong. Those are the things that they do to trigger you. To make you go crazy so that you look like the psycho. And now I'm upset. <laughs> like, when I hear certain shit, like, you need to just calm down. That is not how it happened. You're remembering it wrong. Fuck you if I am. Now, while Angel was drunk, Angel, I can definitely see where, yeah, yeah, maybe I didn't fucking remember that right. But before I was an alcoholic and was dealing with probably one of the worst fucking gaslighting piece of shits I've ever dealt with in my life. <clears throat> You're overreacting. I'm going to set fire to you. Overreacting would be me stabbing you in the neck, which I'm about to do. I deeply fucking hate some of those things more. Yeah. Oh my God. More than anybody will ever know. And if you happen to feel triggered right now by any of those responses, that's a sign that you have been emotionally abused. You have been fucking abused. Well, and the, I think the thing that really upset me the most was that this person went so far as to agree with me. And give me everything that I wanted. Like, tell me everything I wanted to hear in text message. Or he would say it, like, after I had been at work for, like, 14 hours. You know what I mean? And I would come to the house and he'd be like, you know what? You're right. Um, the stuff that he would send me in text messages, he would wait until I was asleep, get into my phone. This was before. Oh, yeah, I remember. This was before fingerprint, blah, blah, blah. But he knew the code to my phone. He would get in my phone and he would delete text messages. And he would delete them on his phone and then he would delete them on my phone. So then the next morning he would be like, are you ready to talk about your craziness? And I would be like, fuck yeah, I'm ready. Like, are you kidding me? And I would go to pull these things up and they weren't there. Hmm. And he would be like, this is exactly what I'm talking about, Angel. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And then I really started thinking I was going crazy until on before I, you know, before I realized that you could screenshot things on Android and my phone was like, or my friend um, was like, dude, you can totally fucking take photos of that. And so I did. He texted me a bunch of shit that was like, you know what? You're right. You, you know, he validated everything that I was feeling. And she's like, screenshot, screenshot, screenshot. So then I go to, I go to his house and I put the photos in my photo vault that he didn't know I had. The next morning we get up and he's like, you want to talk about your fucking crazy? And I was like, all right. So I pull it up. All the text messages are gone. And I said, <clears throat> I pulled up the photo vault and I said, here's where I know what a fucking piece of shit you are. I said, just so you know, I can screen cap all of that. And I did. Here it is. Here's the original. And as soon as I did that, his fucking face just 
fell. Oh, fuck. <clears throat> I said, you have been gaslighting me for months, making me think that I was fucking crazy. My favorite, though, that was, don't get me wrong, that was good. Like, right. motherfucker, that was pretty clever. He would intentionally take things and move them. Like, you know that I always keep shit in, the, in certain places. My keys, my fucking phone, my, like, you know what I mean? Those are things that they just don't move. And he would intentionally go and move those things either while I wasn't home or I was asleep. And then when I get up and I'm like, holy, like, where the fuck is my shit? And I, meh. And he's like, this is exactly what I'm talking about, Angel. You never keep that there. It's always right here. It has been here for a year. I'm like, you motherfucker. Really? No, it really? hasn't. Some of them a bitch. Yeah. Some of a bitch. Some of a bitch. Uh, that was bar none. Like, that was pretty fucking crafty. I'll give him that. But that was some of the shit that I, like, I knew then that, um... He knew a lot more about manipulation and he knew a lot more um, than I ever did when it came to like emotional and mental abuse. He knew what the fuck he was doing. He knew Mm -hmm. what he was doing. So five common signs of domestic violence. One, the partner exerts a large amount of control. This would be like telling you who you can hang out with. Taking away your car, telling you how much money you can spend, telling you pretty much like 90% of the shit you just heard in the last story. Yeah. (laughs) Telling you where you can work, you know, that kind of shit. Or that you can't work. Or you can't work. I had to hide having a job at one point when I was married the first time because we needed more money, but he wouldn't let me work. So I snuck in and worked in town. Oh my God. Yeah. Number two, the partner engages in emotional and verbal abuse. Number three, the partner feels trapped and unhappy. The abused partner feels trapped and unhappy. The partner shows a a lack of respect for you. Number five, the abused partner has visible injuries. That's um, also, just common signs. It's not. It's not like well, I only have three of these four, so I only I only see two that no. That's any of these apply. You need to maybe get some help. Oh. Um, if you want a good resource, a good resource for a lot of this stuff, you can go to marriage.com because it has a lot of signs, a lot of things to look for. I I briefly looked on it and I just saw different signs of abuse and like what kind of help to seek you don't have to be married to look at it either it's just the name it's just (laughs) Just the name name. sorry i didn't make that very clear on the paper that's a re um there's also a website called psychcentral.com that i looked up for mental abuse signs because like we said we want to raise a lot of Awareness for mental abuse, because in a lot of cases, mental abuse ends up turning into physical abuse. Right. Um, so if you know the signs, it maybe it will help you to get help sooner. Yes. There, this is just 21 signs that can be signs. There's more, there's less, you know what I mean? Like, like before, it doesn't have to be just down to these, just these. These are just examples. Number one, humiliating or embarrassing you. Two, constant put-downs. Three, hyper-criticism. 
Four, refusing to communicate. Five, ignoring or excluding you. Six, extramarital affairs. Seven, provocative behavior with the opposite sex. Eight, use of sarcasm and unpleasant tone of voice. Nine, unreasonable jealousy. Ten, extreme moodiness. Eleven, mean jokes are constantly making fun of you. Twelve, saying, I love you, but... Thirteen, saying things like, if you don't blank, I will blank. Fourteen, domination and control. Fifteen, withdrawal of of affection. Sixteen, guilt trips. Seventeen, making everything your fault. Eighteen, isolating you from friends and family. Nineteen, using money to control. Twenty, constant calling or texting when you are not with him or her. 21, threatening to commit suicide if you leave. And on that note, the domestic violence hotline is 1-800-799-7233. The child abuse hotline is 1-800-4-A-CHILD. And the national suicide prevention lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. I also highly suggest anyone who um, is experiencing mental, emotional, domestic violence from someone who is an addict, or even if you're not, even if you're just in a relationship with an addict, because I've had a lot of people reach out to me since the last, that so-so a little bit ago, right after you're sober anniversary. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people reach out because they said they felt that they were alone in, um, maybe a spouse that has, uh, an addiction and they don't know what to do. And they're like, I feel like leaving. Here's my advice. My advice to you first is to go to Al-Anon. Al-Anon helps get, it helps you build your self-esteem. It helps you learn the things that you can do different to change, like deal with situations differently. It doesn't, Al-Anon is not going to go in and tell you, hey, you got to leave this, this alcoholic, you can't do this, you got to leave. It gives you the tools to be able to stay and to be able to handle it. Um, I can't really, I can't really bundle all of Al-Anon up into just a small sentence, but go try it out. You don't have to do anything. You go in there, you sit down, you don't have to do anything if you don't want to. You can just go listen to other people. Um, also counseling, counseling for yourself, even though you may not think that you need it because you're the victim or, um, you're not the one abusing. It's a good idea to go get counseling, um, Again, to help you learn how to deal with situations, maybe learn how to get your voice so that you can you can be strong. That's just my two cents for all this for today. For today. For today. Just for today. So don't be afraid to stand up for yourselves, guys and girls. Yes. And uh stay, stay out, out of chalk lines. lines. Goodbye. Goodbye.